McIntyre sat in his screening room with a single malt at his elbow, and Marla's ninth unfurling around him through the concealed speakers housed in the ceiling and walls. He decided that he would switch the music off before watching the film again. The original footage had been shot in the summer of 1934 and was silent, but he thought that his emotional reaction to what it showed might be influenced by the dramatic scale and melancholy character of his preferred soundtrack. He wanted to impose neutrality on the film. He wanted, if he was honest, to diminish what he had just watched. He wanted to do this before watching it again because it had unnerved him so badly. The man with the cine camera had been a crofter called David Shanks. He had settled on New Hope Island in the spring of that year. He had not come from the humble, hardy stock which generally bred men who scraped a living off the Scottish land. He was an ex-soldier. He had served with distinction as an officer in the Great War, earning a military cross fighting with an infantry battalion on the Ypres salient. But after the conflict, he had led a platoon of black and tans in the Irish Rebellion and had been unable to reconcile his conscience to the things he had seen and done in the scorched earth campaign there against the rebel counties. To McIntyre's mind, Shanks had been a sort of prototype dropout. Men like Robert Graves and Sassoon and Orwell had done the same thing in the same period with greater notoriety. But that was what Shanks was— He was someone who had rejected the conventions and strictures of life as lived by the majority of his middle-class contemporaries. Instead, he had done itinerant jobs. He had crewed aboard a trawler for a while and worked manning a lighthouse. He had washed up eventually at New Hope Island, where his public school education and experience in the trenches had no doubt enabled him to dismiss with amused contempt the persistent stories of mischief and terror that blighted the place. Less easily dismissed was the evidence of the film. McIntyre had paid for the footage to be digitally enhanced. It now resided on a disc rather than a reel, and showed its subject matter in greater detail than had been originally apparent. In McIntyre's state-of-the-art DVD player, it could also be slowed down. He did not believe that the speed at which you watched it mattered greatly. The subject could not be made to look ordinary by altering the pace at which it progressed across the screen. Neither could it be made to appear more easily explicable. He picked up his remote and switched off.